the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The message this morning is entitled, Walk Like God. Now, I know some of you are scratching your head. You're probably thinking, well, you know, my husband or my wife's already doing that. They not only walk like God, they act like God. But let me tell you, it is a, um, it is a big deal in scriptures that we walk like God. And I, and, and I hope in the course of the message that we'll have a, a clearer understanding of what it means. We're continuing our study, our overview of Paul's letter, New Testament letter to the Ephesian church. And we'll be reading chapters, chapter 5, verses 1 to 17. In the interest of time, I'll just go through uh, the passage as we go through the points of the sermon this morning. As we mentioned last time, last Sunday, that we can tell a lot from a person's footprints. We can know where they've been. We can know where they're going. We can certainly determine the direction that they're heading based on their footprints. Uh, we can tell whether uh, the person is a big person with big feet or a person with small feet. We can tell whether a person is running or walking or tiptoeing. We can also know whether they are barefooted or they're wearing shoes. Well, the same is true with our spiritual lives. We can see a great many things about a person's spiritual footprints. We can know how much, much about our walk with God based on our spiritual footprints, if you will. And again, this is a big theme in Ephesians. The book is about spiritual blessings, about the spiritual blessings we receive that enables us to understand our position in Christ. It's about being given spiritual gifts, uh, given to us by the Lord to prepare us to live for God. So once we're born again, once we come to faith in Jesus, the rest of our lives uh, will be given to, to that walk with God. And we are taught in scriptures to walk like God. He prepares us to live for Him by the power of His Spirit. And of course, as we've been looking for these past few Sundays, God has given us spiritual power in order that we might attain to that perfection. Okay, to be made complete in Christ. Now, Ultimate perfection doesn't come 
this side of heaven. It comes in heaven, but we are in that process. It's called sanctification. We are being conformed to the likeness of Jesus, and we are being perfected or being made complete. But it's still a source of much confusion, this, this Christian doctrine of perfection. Uh, for a lot of believers even, because every time you hear the word perfect, uh, you automatically conjure up these ideas in your head that you and I will be attaining to a level of sinless perfection. And that's the common uh, misunderstanding about this, this doctrine of, of you know, being made perfect in Christ. The Bible speaks of being perfect. When the Bible speaks of being perfect, it's not talking about being sinless. It's simply talking about having less sin. In other words, it's not about being sinless. It's about us sinning less. So that's an important distinction. We become complete in Christ, attaining to the fullness of our Lord and Savior. That's in Ephesians 4.13. How is this accomplished in life? Well, Paul says in our text, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. Mimic me as I mimic Jesus. That's what it means to walk like God, to imitate Jesus, to mimic Jesus. So we need to understand what that all means, right? Because, uh, you know, maybe some of you are, are veteran Christians and you understand all about, you know, imitating Christ, imitating or walking like Christ. Now, the Bible says that, that Jesus is one person with two natures, and I've said that many times. He is fully God, but he is also fully man. He's a unique son of God. There's no one like him, okay? He's one person with two natures. Uh, uh, his nature is 100% God, but it's also 100% human. I, I don't want to use 100% because it gets more confusing. He's fully God and he's fully man. That means Jesus has two types of attributes. He has what you call communicable attributes, and he also has non-communicable attributes. Of course, we know communicable attributes are attributes that we can imitate. Non-communicable attributes are his divine attributes. Those are the things that we can never imitate. So when the Bible says, when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, he's speaking about imitating Jesus' communicable attributes. Okay, what are some of Jesus' communicable attributes? Well, there's many, but here are some of them. He's gentle. He's kind. He's merciful. He's patient. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's good. All of these things, God says, you can, in fact, imitate. But there's some non-communicable attributes that Jesus has that God says... Don't even try. You'll never be able to imitate them. And what are they? Walking on water. Okay? Don't try that. What else? Raising the dead. All right? I've been, enough, I've been around enough Christians who think that they do have this power that they can raise the dead. Okay? No, only Jesus can do that. Amen? Would you agree? 
All right? I haven't tried it. There's always funeral homes. There's always a cemetery. I have never seen a dead person rise outside of Jesus' superintendence in that situation. Okay? I'm not denying that it happens. Don't, don't worry about that. But please don't attempt it today. These are non-communicable attributes. Being tempted and not sinning. All right? Okay, so I'm going to put you to rest this morning. We are called to imitate Jesus' communicable attributes and leave his divine attributes as a source of faith and power and strength for the rest of us. So what God is saying here is this, that there are things that I command you to mimic. I command you to imitate. And there are things that only I can do and only I will do. And from our text, we discovered what are the things that we have to really mimic or really imitate. What does it really mean for us to walk like God? And the Apostle Paul gives us three of those things. There are many things that we can bring in, but these are the three major things that we need to really understand in our spirit in order for us to be able to walk like God not only to walk with God, but walk like God, okay? We're never going to be God, but we are commanded to walk with Him and to walk like Him. There are three things. Number one, we are to walk perfecting the way of God's love. First and foremost, to walk with God and to walk like God, we ought to walk perfecting the way of God's love. Look at our text, chapter 5, verse 1. Paul writes, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It is incumbent, it is imperative of all Christians to walk in a way of God's love, to start perfecting that way of walking. What makes God's love perfect is the question, okay? There are three things that makes God's love perfect. Number one, it's unconditional, okay? His love is perfect because it's unconditional. Secondly, his love is perfect because it is sacrificial, and thirdly, his love is perfect because it's everlasting. Those are the three things that constitute the perfectness of God's love. So we are called to walk perfecting the way of God's love. When we say we're going to imitate God's unconditional love, what does that mean? What is unconditional love from the perspective of God? It's God saying, I'm not going to put conditions on you in, 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 able, in order for you to be lovable. You, you, you don't have to worry about being lovable before I can demonstrate my love for you. That's what unconditional love is. He removed the condition from us to be lovable. That's why I got saved. I became a Christian not because I'm lovable, not because there's a lot of things in me that warrants love, but because God initiated that love. It began with him. 
and He did not put the conditions on me. He placed the condition on Himself by sending Jesus to die on the cross. That's, that's what unconditional love is. And you know what? We ought to start practicing that kind of love, right? Unconditional love. And I'll explain what, what, how that works out because it, it's still a very difficult concept to have. There's a lot of people that you want to love, but man, they test your very being, you know? But when, when it's sacrificial, God says, my love is perfect because it's sacrificial. It means he paid the price. It cost him something. There's, a, there's an essence of sacrifice that in, that's involved, and we all know the sacrifice is Jesus. Okay, so that, that, that says volumes about what God had to do in order to be able to love us. It's in his nature to love, so he has to do this. And thirdly, it's everlasting. You know, he honors his own love. He, he honors it, meaning he, he's not fickle. He doesn't love you one day and then hate you the next. Okay, so, so that's God's love. And the commandment for us is to mimic that, to, to imitate that, to walk, you know, perfecting the way of God's love. Oh, okay, pastor, now um, I understand that. But how do I follow that? How, how do I follow? How do I perfect that love? I mean, if I was called to imitate that, how does that work? You know, Jesus was asked this same question uh, back in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 30 to 37. I'm going to read it. It's only seven verses. But he was asked by an expert of the law, a lawyer, one day. And the lawyer says, Jesus, what's, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus obviously said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Jesus says all the other commandments are rooted in these two commandments. And so the lawyer said to Jesus, okay, I get it, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus answered him by telling this very famous parable. Luke 10, 30 to 37. Verse 30, Jesus in reply said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw, saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. How do I walk in God's perfect love? Offer mercy. 
offer mercy. Perfect love means we offer mercy. Mercy, of course, is, is the other side of grace. I don't need to explain that because all of you probably already know that. To love someone is to recognize that you and I are as much fallen and flawed as anyone else. That robber, in, I mean that, that person who was wounded, who was robbed and was wounded, that represents our condition, our fallen condition. Okay? That's, that's who we are. We're helpless and we're hopeless. Okay? Until we realize that we had been recipients of God's mercy, we will never be able to walk perfecting the love of God. This word mercy is very big in the Bible. It's rooted in the word has said, which is loving kindness of God. Okay? It's a big deal. Unless we understand that we have in fact received mercy from God, we cannot love sacrificially. We, we cannot love unconditionally. The priest and the Levites in the parable clearly had no concept of mercy. They looked at themselves as righteous people. These were righteous people. One is a priest and, you know, one is a Levite. By the way, if you don't know, a priest is the one that conducts the worship. Okay? Uh, the, the, the one that that's really proclaims the oracles of God and all. And all of that and makes mediation for, for the people in the temple. And the Levites are his assistants. Okay? If you want to put it in today's context, the priest was me. And these guys that had played here, those were the Levites. Okay? Now the pastor and the worship team went on the other side when they saw the wounded person. I mean, those people, those guys don't necessarily, are not necessarily bad people. They love God, right? The priest has to love God. The priest has to be doing a lot of good things for God. So does the Levites. But what do they lack? They lack mercy. They didn't understand that their righteousness is like filthy rags. That they have received mercy from God as well. And, and, and in order to walk like Christ, we need to have this always at the back of our heads. I am a poor sinner saved by grace. I'm only a beggar taking another beggar and helping him look for bread. That's who I am. That's who you are. That's called perfecting the love of God. Unless we recognize our need for God's mercy, we will never be able to walk perfecting that love that he has given us. Now, I need to explain this at this point. Now, unconditional love is always uh, confusing to a lot of non-believers because uh, they take it to mean that, that God's con- love is without conditions and therefore nothing else about God has any conditions. That's not true. Though the love of God is unconditional, His holiness is conditional. That's very important Christian doctrine, Okay. The love of God is unconditional, but His holiness is, un, is the one that has conditions. 1 Peter 4.8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And people take that to mean, okay, well, you know, since love God me uncondi- loves me unconditionally, He has to negate the obvious uh, sin that I'm engaged in. 
God's love does not negate His holiness or excuse our sin. It simply means God dealt with our sin through love as opposed to His wrath. You see, as believers, we will face Jesus in the judgment seat of Christ. That's one of the judgments. That's for you and I who have placed our faith in Jesus. And we know that God has already judged us according to His love. But there are those who rejected the gospel, those who refused to accept God's offer of salvation. They will be judged by God in the great white throne judgment, but they're going to be judged according to God's wrath. So there are two types of judgments. One is based on God's love, and the other is based on God's wrath. I don't know about you, but I'm going with this one right here, okay? I want to go and be judged in accordance with God's love, not His wrath. The Bible says God is going to judge all sin. He's going to judge it. No one gets away with it, folks. Nobody. You may be thinking today, in today's world, a lot of bad people are getting away with a lot of bad things. And it's just not fair. It's just not just, trust me, no one gets away in the end. Nobody. The only reason why evil and all of this unrighteousness and wickedness is flourishing is because God wants to judge us according to His love and He's giving us that opportunity. That's very important for us to understand because we, we live in a very divisive society today that even, even Christians are now, are now uh, bending. You know, we're, not, we're now you know, saying, well, you know, this is the way things are and we no longer need to speak out against all the wickedness and unrighteousness. Not if we're going to walk sacrificially. Not if we're going to love sacrificially. Not if we're going to, if we're going to walk, uh, you know, uh, in the love of God. And that leads us to the second characteristic trait of walking with God, and that is we are to walk in the purity of our God-given life. Not only are we to walk perfecting the way of God's love, but we also need to walk in the purity of that God-given life to us. You know, it's not easy being, being a follower of Jesus in this day and age. I don't need to tell you that. But God demands that we walk in the purity of the life that He has given us. He has given us the light, and we therefore need to walk in it. Look at verse 3 again in our text. It says, But among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such, such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Walking with God means we walk in the path that God set for us. And that path is the path of holiness. Yeah, apparently, uh, these Ephesians were being deceived into thinking that God's grace will cover the sin that they continue to do. 
without changing paths or directions. Now, walking with God means we change directions. Remember, we can see a lot of, we can say a lot about people's spiritual walk or walk with God by their spiritual footprints. We need to change directions to the direction of the path that God has given us. Walking with God means we sacrifice comfort in order to walk in the light that God, in the life that God has given us. It's part of our journey. Uh, those of you who, who walk like I walk every day, you know, uh, just so that I can get in, uh, in better health, uh, you know that it takes, you know, getting used to this type of thing. You know, you, know, you want to lose weight, you can, you can walk. You know, you're going to exercise. You're going to do something. And, you know, you set a path that you follow. And then, you know, you get tired and you blame the path sometimes. It's too far. There's too many bumps on the road. You know, it, 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 the, the, the ground is too hard. And we often blame the path. But sometimes it's, it's not the path. You know, sometimes you and I could be walking or living for God and still can get tangled with a lot of bad things and get entangled in sin and, and bad decisions. But it's not the path. It's what's in the way. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.